Thank you for listening in to Bloodhound Picks. I am one of your hosts, Craig. And I'm Kyle. And I'm Josh. Okay, so today we are doing an episode that we're trying something new moving forward as this is a trial and error podcast. And moving forward, we're going to do each episode will feature one of us will give um, two movies that we will be discussing. So today is Josh's pick and his movies are The Evil Within and for some reason I oh Nightwish because I keep thinking Nightwitch I don't know why um, so Josh let's, can you start us yeah off? okay so uh, <clears throat> yeah Evil Within we'll go with first um, which came out in 2017 um, I'm sure most of you know what this movie is uh, because the story behind the production is is pretty legendary, I would say at this point. But in the Evil Within, um, I'm just going to read a generic kind of uh, premise. But a lonely, a lonely and mentally disabled boy who lives with his older brother is urged by a reflection in a in an antique mirror to go on a murderous rampage. So, I mean, that's pretty accurate. I would say, and it's probably the one thing in the film that has any type of cohesion to it, um, because it's it's very nonsensical. Um, that plot line, though, is is the most cohesive bit of it. Um, but yeah, so Evil Within uh, is is one of those that that I think it took. The, the director, the writer-director of the movie is Andrew Getty um, of the prestigious Getty oil tycoonery. Um, and I, I think it took Getty 15 years to make this movie. Uh, I believe it started shooting in 2002 and it came out in 2017. So that was a long time. Um, and of course, he never uh, he passed away before it was actually done, um, because he had a massive meth problem. So when you know that, the movie kind of makes more sense. Um, also, why it took fifteen years to finish, uh, because meth's a hell of a drug, and nothing's going to be done if you're on meth. Um, you, you'll never let anything anything go. Um, Trust me, I know this firsthand. Um, anyway, uh, when you know that story, um, the film kind of makes a little more sense as to why it doesn't make sense, I guess. Um, and as we've kind of, as I've kind of mentioned already, um, it's it's not perfect by any means, um, but the opening sequence uh, is damn near perfect, and. Um, unfortunately that's the best part of the film and then uh, nothing ever quite measures up to it um, the beginning is just a really elaborate uh, dream sequence which has one of the most realistically shot dreams I think ever maybe um, and also what is it about 10 minutes of narration yeah. which you don't really see very often 
to begin a film. Um, so yeah, it was it was definitely made by a meth addict. Um, but yeah, so um, a lot of it doesn't make sense, um, especially the stuff when you get away from the the mentally challenged uh, boy who's actually like a thirty five year old guy. Whatever it, it works. I actually totally bought into the the kind of uh, whatever the the mentally challenged bit of of the actor. Like it was it was convincing enough for me that I wondered if he actually was. Um, I mean, I totally bought it. So um, I thought the actor was the best part of the movie too, in that being able to both do the kind of you know mentally challenged bit. But then also the, the, you know, the quote unquote normal um, and just like switching like on a dime between the two. Um, I thought the guy did a great job. So um, what did you guys think of, of Evil Within? Did you guys like it? I mean, like isn't a word I would use. <laughs> I mean, yeah. other, other than the opening, which was good. And I felt like some of the effects stuff at the end was cool, mm. too. Like the marionette stuff. Uh, mm. was great. And it just feels all the more weird because everything in between was so bad that you're like... <laughs> <laughs> everything in between felt like, besides the uh, kid becoming a killer, which I agree, like, I thought his performance was pretty good. I mean, it is kind of a uh, cliched version of a mentally challenged person, but this was also 2002, so it's a long time ago. It's weird looking at it now, but... Uh, but everything in between reminded me of the room because it was just like you could, you could tell they had money and it was had production value, but it also looked kind of like they only had a couple locations and and the dial like the writing was just so bad. And you're like, what's going on? Like, this looks well, well shot, but these people talk like I don't know what's going on. It's just so bad. And uh I have to point this out because I noticed like they keep going to that same restaurant and in one of those scenes, like the scene where Sean Patrick Flannery is pr proposing or you think he's going to propose or whatever, there's a TV in the background with just a loop of a waterfall <laughs> and it's like they CGI'd it in and then the reverse shot, it's the exact same thing behind the actress and it's just like the weirdest thing because you're like, you don't really need that there, but you clearly CGI'd in this TV and then you CGI'd in a loop of stock footage of a waterfall. And I don't know. I thought it was hilarious. I was like, I shouldn't be laughing at this, but this is ridiculous. That is funny. I didn't even notice that. That is fucking hilarious. So like, yeah, why do you need that? Meth, man. I got to have a fucking TV <laughs> with a waterfall on it. I have to have that. That's how you complete the scene. Dude, yeah. there's... The other thing I noticed was um, randomly because Legion, I finally watched Exorcist three when it was on Joe Bob the other week. Yeah. Um, and of course he says, you know, I am Legion. I am many, whatever. Cause he's possessed by multiple people. And then, yeah, the kid says that. And I was like, okay. Yeah. As soon as that came up, I was like, you literally just used the fucking line from Exorcist three. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, it's literally the exact same thing. <laughs> And what does that have to do with anything? Yeah, because it's based because it's supposed to be like one spirit, like it is Michael Berryman. It's not right. Many. Yeah, it's not many. <laughs> it's like, and again, it's like, uh, did you just really like that line? And it was the best 
written line in your movie like ah fuck it just gonna put that in there i know it's from the exorcist 3 but yeah and and the uh the social services lady who just randomly shows up uh she was she's the mom from better off dead the john cusack movie (laughs) yeah and she's also the mom from uh halloween six is she yeah she's deborah strode wow yeah but that was like i don't know it's just another factor where you're like even the casting i'm like this throws me off well and it's funny too like you were saying earlier kyle like you know sean patrick flannery's a better actor than what you're looking at in this movie (laughs) yeah and every word that comes out of your mouth you're like oh man (laughs) like i know you know that this is bad and you're just doing it anyways and (laughs) Oh. <laughs> Craig. Um, so I I'll agree with you on I think the the opening and the ending are great. Well as great as it can be. The opening is because when you described this initially to us, Josh, you said um that it was a lot like the the, the eraser head process. You know that took over a series right. of years and so for some reason it's nothing for those listening and haven't seen it it's nothing like Eraserhead but watching that I had it in my mind like oh okay so they're doing this voiceover it's a dream sequence and now they're just kind of putting in a bunch of big words to make it sound smart or poetic and okay yeah yep and then <laughs> Yeah, then it gets into the rest of the movie. And no, I agree with, I think the actor was great. I know he was, he kind of plays, not that same role, but he always plays somebody nervous or suffering from something. I think he was in, I saw him in like an episode of Criminal Minds. Where he was yeah, I saw he was kind he of was, similar. I think he's, yeah, I think he has had as a recurring role or did he did in that show. Yeah. So and I always think he's great. He always seems like one of those kind of character actors that Hollywood or movies need a little bit more of because he doesn't play the, you know, normal leading man. So to have somebody in his role that, you know, isn't like the normal of you know, like somebody that's hunky or whatever you want to call them, it was great to see. Um, yeah, it just kind of, it was one of those ones where I was watching it with all of my focus and it still felt like a movie you're watching when you're like, messing around on your computer and it's just like background noise. That's what it felt like the entire time of just wondering what exactly is going on. And normally, like experimental aspects, all that, like I can buy into, but for some reason they were trying to be cohesive but then not and i don't know most of what you said on the imdb which is a very short synopsis is like i can see all of that and that's the gist of it but yeah there's just a bunch of other stuff that there were um and this actually will go into the next movie a little bit but but where it just felt like they were just throwing stuff in like okay we need this let's Throwing this, oh, why not? This might be scary. 
and then they kept doing that. And um, but no, I mean, I always I like the um, what is it? The ice cream girl who is mm. they, oh, there will be spoilers for those of you listening. Um, who is killed by getting hit by a car and then a bus? Or some, and that then, part was great. Yeah, and then she comes back as a dream. Kind of, or a hallucination, naked, gets naked, and then does, you know, like they do in a lot of horror movies, she just or contorts her body to like a crab walk type, not a crab walk, or some sort of weird walk. And he um, stole all of the in the mouth of madness for that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what I think. It looked oh, cool though. Yeah, yeah. No, it works really cool. I think that's what it comes down to for me. It's just like, what oh that would be fun throw it in why not let's do it and that's what 90 percent of that movie is yeah especially <laughs> that and what do you that mean? and so there's a scene you know the the whole thing kind of worked like this too it's like there's a scene at the house which was andrew getty's house also by the way so you didn't spend nice any money <laughs> yeah it is right you didn't spend any money on that location so, but it was, it was, it worked like this almost consistently is there's a, there's a scene at the house and mo- more times than not, it was with, uh, the main character, the, oh, I was going to say that actor's name too, that we still haven't named is, uh, Frederick Kohler. Um, but then the next scene after whatever was taking place at the house is at a restaurant. So we do the restaurant scene. And then we go back to the house for a scene. And then we're at another restaurant scene. A, a completely di- it's like, how many fucking different restaurants were there in this movie? There is at least four. And if you include the ice cream shop, which isn't a restaurant, but fuck, you can still get food there. You know, it's just like, it was like, he had to go like in that order of house scene, restaurant scene, house scene, restaurant scene. It's where you really felt like it was low budget. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And can we talk about the random fucking nautical themed restaurant that is the kid's favorite? <laughs> yeah. And it's got that like octopus playing the drums and it's all nautical themed and then they get pizza. And I'm like, just what is happening here? Yeah, that was the most unbelievable thing it, that that I had to buy in that film was they're not going to have pizza at a fucking nautical themed restaurant. And then they decide there's a whole conversation about the octopus and for no reason electronics and yeah how it might how it works. Oh. Yeah, that was ridiculous. And there was also that reminds me of when the when they're arguing about the mirror or whatever, and he's uh, Sean Patrick Flannery says something about like the vault they have in the basement, and uh, there's another yeah. vault from Prohibition, and then he goes on to explain what Prohibition <laughs> is for like two minutes, like no one knows. He's like, "Okay, we get it." What the? F- who wrote this <laughs> shit? Oh, and also, let's not mention the big marriage subplot that seems kind of pointless, but is in every restaurant scene, basically. <laughs> so all of these restaurant yes. scenes have something where you know um they're talking about getting married <laughs> yeah it's like, and it's like yeah basically what you're saying it's like the same scene every time too because yeah. you're just having the same argument 
Yeah, and it's yeah. funny because you know the, the the girlfriend, the girlfriend is like, you know, to Sean Patrick Flannery, you know, like you need to get away, you need to get rid of or get away from Dennis. And it's like, you know, she just beats that horse fucking constantly. And then <laughs> there was just like that flip of a switch. And she's like, oh, never mind. I like Dennis now. Yeah. It was just weird because, it, you know, the whole time, how many times do you hear her bring that up that, you know, basically like if, if you know, you don't get rid of Dennis, then, you know, I'm never going to be able to have you. And then so basically she doesn't like Dennis, but then. You know, it's it's literally like the next scene. She's fine with it because, yeah, because the plot. <laughs> she's got to go well, get killed by him now. Yeah, well, every everybody says that too. His psychiatrist. There's the oh yeah. Um, you need to get you need to get away from Den. Dennis is his brother. The the slow yeah. the mentally challenged character too. By the way, um, the social services lady who doesn't yep. seem anything like a real social social services no. person um so i don't know where he got that from unless he just watched a movie once with a social services <laughs> even character even, type even a even a bad movie was probably better you know would have given him a more realistic picture of that that scene was so bad because she just shows yeah. up and she's like oh yeah we've got reports that you were raising your voice so we just come here and we can take and we can take this kid away on the basis of that. And I don't know. It's just like, oh my god, this is so bad. Well, that and that, and then later when she shows up with the cops and they just go into the house, yeah. like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can't do that. Yeah, and then they joke about like eating the food in the kitchen, yeah. and I'm like, what the fuck is going? What like? Yeah, why, why, why? That's where you. I feel like we're all just going tone. I don't know if you know what the fuck tone is, but <laughs> it's all over the place in this movie. Indeed. <clears throat> okay, so is that our rant on the evil within? I mean, I that, that I, that's probably pretty good. I mean, okay. you know, it is it is one of those things though where it's like I don't think we really I don't think I don't think anyone could actually do justice to the fact of what you actually are in store for though. Yeah. Like not saying that it's great just that it is and it's just something that you have to fucking see in order to believe exists. And we didn't mention Michael Berryman really uh who you know unsurprisingly plays probably the creepiest fucking character he's ever played. I was going to say that was like yeah. the big disappointment because he looks like, like they, yeah. like I've been meaning to watch this forever and there's a reason I haven't until now, <laughs> but his, his makeup and stuff is kind of iconic looking and, and he's, yeah, and he's good in the movie and you're, I'm just like, fuck, why didn't you use him more? Like he looks great. Yeah. yeah Cause what he fuck seriously, he's only in like what five scenes maybe. And yeah, yeah I mean, you should have definitely should have been in there more. So for horror fans, we recommend that you know, if you're a big horror fan, to check it out. Um, for non-horror fans, I guess, try to steer away. <laughs> 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 um, that's the best recommendation I can give on this. 
I mean, if you, yeah, if you want to see weird stuff, check it out. If you want to fall asleep, uh, you probably could too. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Here. I mean, um, okay. So moving on to Josh's next pick, which is not a Finnish metal band called <laughs> Nightwish. <laughs> Nightwish. Yeah. From 1989. So that in and of itself means it's good. Um, I, I've realized in, in, watching Nightwish again last night that it's becoming one of my favorite films ever made. Um, and the, the IMDB uh, synopsis is, is uh, a professor and four graduate students journey to a crumbling mansion to investigate paranormal activity and must battle ghosts, aliens, and satanic entities, which is actually somewhat uh, true. Um, so Nightwish is like I said, one of the best movies ever made. Um and it was made in, in a at a time uh in the late 80s where horror was was, you know, um especially in during that time it, it was like the cheesier it got, the better it got. And at least for me. And this this movie is is definitely that. Um, it also boasts kind of an all-star cast of actors that uh, you definitely know. You might not know that you know them, but any like horror fan definitely knows who Brian Thompson is, right? Uh, Elizabeth Caton, I think is how you say her name. She was in uh, um, Friday the 13th, uh, the New Blood, and then there's of course Clayton Roner uh, from April Fool's Day, um, and the actors are magnificent too. Um, everything about this film is magnificent, even the 1989 CGI uh, looks pretty good. It actually looks like something that you'd find in like a Scooby Doo cartoon, um, which is fucking awesome. Uh, and it also, it also has a shitload of practical KNB effects work and it all looks really fucking good. And once you, once you know, obviously KNB is like, you know, it doesn't get any better. Uh, once you know that too, um, it, it all makes sense of why it looks so good. But yeah, this movie basically just throws every fucking thing they can think of into, uh, the script uh, like I said, it was aliens and ghosts and fucking satanic entities and whatever the fuck else. I'm sure I'm forgetting us some other stuff, but uh, deranged hillbillies or whatever. They deranged hillbillies. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, and in in a, in a weird way, it kind of makes sense uh, why they did this once you get to the very shitty punchline at the end of the film. <laughs> Um, it kind of makes sense why the movie doesn't make sense and why everything under the sun, you know, gets thrown into the mix at some point. Um, but I firmly stand by the, my claim that this is one of the best movies ever made. <laughs> okay. So I don't agree with Josh. 
that part. But no, I had fun with. I like cheesy. It feels like a like one step above um, a full moon film in a way. I think it's better quality than that. Um, but yeah, this one, Josh Ray touched on it, and I mentioned it when we were talking about the evil within of throwing everything at it. And it also deals with dreams in that it, it even opens with the professor. It has a lot of kind of nonsensical movie logic, I guess, of the professor has them going. Explaining these, shit that makes no yeah, sense at all. Yeah. Has them going to these dream states to get prepped to fight or to handle themselves if they are to deal with demons, aliens, ghosts, um, whatever it is. I, I don't actually know what he's a doctor of, but apparently he's a <laughs> professor. And they, no no one like, knows. Yeah. It feels like somebody watched Nightmare on Elm Street or something or were inspired yep. to... Knowing the synopsis, you don't know that part but like with dream warriors or yeah night around elm street they're like oh i want to do something with dreams and then they went off in some direction um no it's fun i'll give it that (laughs) (laughs) it was a lot more fun than the evil within for me and i paid more attention to it and no i just random dogs pop up everywhere there's yeah the crazed henchmen backwoods characters there's a slime snake entity thing that is a ghost or something but can be crushed by a hammer or purse or whatever and then there's fetuses being born inside body parts which is cool (laughs) but uh, i don't know how much we want to spoil stuff for people but yeah, no, I agree. Once you get to the end, you you can kind of see things coming, especially how it's handled and from the beginning what it gives you, in terms of well, the foreshadowing. But it's, it's fine. <laughs> it's good, <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> yeah, I got to agree with Craig a lot here. Uh, it's definitely better than Evil Within, and more fun. Um, but it does, it feels like to me, they watched Nightmare on Elm Street and then Altered States and Flat Runners. Yeah. And they were like, I'm going to write a movie. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then they're going to get in a van and we're going to forget all about the dream shit. And we're going to start talking about fucking the desert and wild animals and haunted houses and UFOs. And I don't know what the fuck this movie's about anymore. <laughs> well, don't forget that the. What Brian Thompson, he runs over a rabbit and he's supposed to be like this horrible guy. And yet he's <laughs> k- kind of also the savior hero type character too. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. But... yeah, it comes back like right at the at the last minute. But yeah, <laughs> gratuitously running over animals and just saying like, I own the fucking highway or whatever. <laughs> and you're like, what are you talking about, dude? Okay. Um, and he, he laughs a lot. And he's yeah. just a giant asshole to everybody. Yeah. There's whole scenes, yeah, where he's driving 
back to the house at night, and he's just laughing alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, just, felt- just maniacally cackling like a fucking <laughs> lunatic. It felt like they were tra- trying to fill void or fill up time too because there's a lot of scenes where it just cuts to like shots of the barn wall or things like that randomly and it'll play yeah. music yeah that, yeah there was a lot of weird shit where it's just like you i don't know what you're trying to do with that shot but the version i watched too on amazon there was a part where brian like towards the end where he's going back to the house and he's driving and it's night and then it cut to like a short scene in the house and then it went to literal like leader, like the numbers. And then yeah, it, I, that happened. Tw- that happens twice. Yeah. And then it cuts back to the moon and back to him driving like the same shots. And I was like, what the fuck is, is this on purpose? I mean, it has to be, doesn't it? It does. But, uh, apparently Amazon lets people, not people, but I guess, uh, people that would own these copies of this film or any film. The reason there's like multiple sometimes of the same film is because they Mm -hmm. like allow different people involved to upload like different versions. So I I don't, so it could be like a literal mistake, like a weird um, copy of the film that that was not cut out maybe, but but it also is dealing with dreams and all this stuff. With the with the way it ends, I just was like, well, maybe that was on purpose. It's like a meta thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm shaking yeah, my head no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, probably not. Yeah. There are weird copies of films that I've yeah. watched on Amazon where it's, you know, they're really shitty or there is stuff like that where it's whoever put it up there doesn't give a shit. You know, that it's just like, the crappiest version of, of whatever film, but yeah, there's also, dude, there was like in the beginning, there was just so many Dutch angles. Like every other shot was just like this for no reason. Yeah. I mean, I guess they're trying to set up the haunted house, but I don't know. Yeah. It makes no goddamn sense. That's one of my notes. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And speaking of others, it's of, particular shit that doesn't make any sense did you guys notice that when uh clayton roner gets his finger cut off he gets his finger cut off on his right hand and like late at least twice you see that the left hand is the one that gets has the missing finger but then it switches back to the right (laughs) and it's like it's at least a couple times where it's just so blatant like you fuckers have no idea how to keep continuity do you you don't even remember what fucking finger you cut off. That's awesome. Um, I feel like I have an answer to Craig's earlier question of what he's a doctor of, that the doctor that leads the group, and I think he has a PhD in green lighting. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they the director of the the director and cinematographer for whatever reason, everything had to be fucking green. It looks great. Yeah. It looks yeah, it looks terrific. Just a lot of it. I really like the uh, end credit song, actually. Also, by the way, it was like my favorite part of the Fuck whole, yeah. whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, does anybody else have anything? Um, 
We can't not mention the gratuitous nudity for all the uh, dream study shit, too. Like, how it starts out with the dream. And then she's wearing, like, white see-through underwear. And then just strips in front of everybody. And I was like, okay. We're not even trying to pretend. Yeah. They all take it with, like, joking. Even the professor. She's just like, ah. ah," And they're laughing about it. (laughs) Yeah. While she's... Oh, no. <laughs> that that goes down with the social uh, social services lady from Evil Within. It's like they obviously did a lot of research. <laughs> <laughs> and like the uh, the gratuitous masturbatory scene too. You know, you guys know oh, what I'm talking about. Yes. And then then for whatever reason, there's that fucking cut to the other chick and why she's dressed completely differently and almost naked. It's like, huh? Why? Why? I don't understand this at all. Her hair is a different color, too. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, okay. um, Clearly, there was a nudity point that you needed to hit, and you were going to make damn sure that you hit it. Yeah, it feels like they definitely abused uh, Dream Logic a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. <laughs> I do think I do think it's pretty amazing though, like the fact that my two picks uh were spur of the moment and they correlate so well with one another in dreams and you know, even there's a couple of mentally challenged characters, you know, that, that worked out well. Yeah, it's like you planned totally it. <laughs> Yeah, totally totally unplanned. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Well, anyway, it, Nightwish is one of the greatest films ever made, so do yourself a favor and check it out. It is free on Amazon Prime, I know for sure. I think it's also on Tubi or one of Probably, if yeah. If you want to check it out, yeah. And uh, same with Evil Within. Yeah. Thanks yep. for listening to Josh's pick episode where we talked about Evil Within and Nightwish. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Bloodhound Picks Podcast is produced by Josh Lee, Craig Dram, and Kyle Hintz. Music by Raymond Seed. Audio editing by Kyle Hintz. <laughs>